Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will simply be slandered. That's a warning. That's for you. That's for me. There is the spirit of Christ, but there's the spirit of Satan and the Antichrist as well. And we have to be very careful because there's amazing destruction coming for those who are fall or, or deceived in, into that false truth. There are a lot of spiritual people and things out there today. Take a look around your Christian bookstores and you'll see a wide range of products all claiming to be spiritual. As Christ followers, we have to be on guard against false doctrine. Pastor Mark will tell us that it's our duty to be mindful of what we're being taught about the gospel. John warns us of such things in today's passage of Scripture, drawing attention to those that teach a deceitful philosophy and keep our attentions on worldly ideas rather than the things that Jesus teaches us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, with part one of our message entitled, Test, Live, and Celebrate the Truth. All right, now a question. How many of you have ever tasted a Pringles potato chip? Let me see your hand. Cool. I have some news for you this morning. First thing, you don't need to write this, but you might be... Well, Pringles are not potato chips. How many want to take your hand and just take it right down? Let me read to you. Pringles are made from a slurry of potato flakes, corn flour, wheat starch, rice flour, together with fat and emulsifiers, salt and seasoning, and the potato content is about 42%. So the rest of your eating is emulsifiers, (laughs) fat. So these potato chips really aren't potato at all. The snack dough is then rolled out on a sheet, ultra-thin cookie dough, cut into chip-like cookies by a machine where they're fried. And then they're blown dry, sprayed with powdery flavors, and at last into the cans and off toward the innocent mouths of consumers. Raise your hand. Raise your hand this morning. (sighs) Interesting. It's interesting the learning about real truth, isn't it? Well, John has been writing this letter called First John, and he's talking about things that weren't true that people were saying in the church. What he reminds us of, we're kind of in it now, we're in a political, 
kind of world war. We're not sure what's going to happen next week. But John is saying, while we're on the earth, we'll always be in a war. It's going to be kind of a combat zone. It's spiritual. Last weekend, we learned that every Christ follower has the Holy Spirit living inside of them. As we start chapter 4, now remember in in John's day, there was no chapter 3 and chapter 4. So in this verse, he says to the church, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And the very next verse you see here is, oh, there's other spirits in the world. So we're introduced today to the Spirit of Christ battling the spirit of the Antichrist. So the battle is always in the spiritual realm about one thing. Truth. Everywhere in our world, there's a battle for truth. What is really true spiritually. Now, interestingly enough, obviously I know where I am. I'm teaching this passage. I get a call on Thursday from Chris in the IT department. And then Steve Schlesinger just calls me. And he says, someone has created a false Mark Balmer Facebook page. This week. I mean, what's wrong with the real Mark Balmer? (laughs) Well, the reason they wanted to do that, they were trying to get you to be a friend. And then they'd send you all kind of garbage, pictures of me that weren't you, all kinds of stuff. In our world, this week. Wow. By the way, it's been taken care of. Contacted Facebook. Everything's done. We're kind of investigating the back. If it maybe was you, you might want to leave right now. (laughs) But some of you, we don't realize the battle for truth in our county. Some of you have been driving an I-95, and you've seen this billboard. Find Jesus in the Quran. Now, here's my question. If you go to the Quran, what Jesus will you find? Well, do you know what Jesus you'll find? The Muslims don't believe that Jesus was God. The Muslims don't even believe that Jesus came and died for the sins of mankind. So why would you try to find the Jesus that isn't the real Jesus? Well, there's another thing that happened recently. Understand, maybe some of you have seen this book. I hope you're not reading it. It's called The Zealot. Notice, The life and times of Jesus of Nazareth, the author is a Muslim. Now, you say, well, it's no big deal. Well, he is a Muslim who was converted to Christianity as teens, later recommitted 100% back to the Muslim faith. You say, well, what's a big deal? Well, this book is the number one bestseller in the United States. And in Brevard County, you say, well, that's around the, that's other parts of the world. Brevard County? At Barnes and Nobles in Melbourne twice has run out of the book. Well, Florida Today called me a few weeks ago. I know about the book. Court, court, I don't have it. I've just read the reviews. I went and looked. Knew I would never want to in, be interested in it. And they called me, Florida Today, and said, can you give a perspective about this book, what you think about the book and whatever? And I said, sure. <laughs> and so I, I gave the interview. They put some of it in the paper, pretty pretty close to what I said, left some things out. But let me just read you a little bit what I said. The article goes like this. Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel of Melbourne says Aslan's book is full of interpretation, inaccuracies about Jesus' life and mission, and is definitely short on scholarship. My quote, I wouldn't call Aslan a scholar at all. The article does. The book does. He's biased. He's a Muslim. 
He says that Jesus is simply a good guy, and Jesus never claimed to be God. And he says that 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 theory that Jesus was God came out of the early church in the 100 and 200 century. That's a 100% lie. Jesus said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. We're one and the same. He's God. So I went on. I, I said to the uh, to the man interviewing me, I said, it's very interesting that you would call me, and this book comes out at this time, because we're studying the book of First John, and he wrote it. The, the book of First John promotes one thing, the deity of Jesus Christ. And I said, the truth is found in the Bible, not in a book written by a Muslim about Jesus. And I then went on and said this, unfortunately, we have a lot of religious teachers who know a lot about God, but knowing God personally is the key. The Holy Bible is replete with passages warning believers to be wary of false Christs and false teachers. Now, I ended the article with a positive note. I want you to understand what I just said. The one good thing, this book being the number one book, shows me that people are searching. But if people are searching, Satan knows how to get their attention, as well as God. Now, I thought about this for a moment. Number one book, Muslim doesn't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. Number one book in America, Muslim author. What if Greg Laurie, John MacArthur, Charles Standler, David Jeremiah wrote a book about Muhammad? You think it'd be the number one book? What can you see happen with that? Fireworks everywhere. Amazing world we live in. So when you begin to think about this, John just takes us to the next step. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, look on with somebody, please. All of our campuses. Dear friends, John writes, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, notice, dear friends, who's John writing to? Hello? He's writing to believers in a church. So would you just turn to your neighbor and say, John is warning me. John is warning me. Go ahead. Just tell your neighbor right now at all the campuses. You say, well, is he really? Well, sure, if you're a Christian, he's warning us. It's 2,000 years later, but it really hasn't changed. So understand what he's talking about here. This warning that comes from John is not new or isolated in the Bible. One day Jesus, as he's doing the Olivet Discourse... About the end of the world, Jesus says this. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders. So as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. So right from the beginning, Jesus says there's a key sign to end times. And it's going to be this increasing religious and spiritual deception. Lots of false teachers, lots of deceivers. Well, what is deception? Well, I just showed you a book. I just showed you a billboard. What is deception? It's the act of convincing someone to believe something 
that isn't true. It's the act of convincing another to believe information that's not true. Pringles. You got it? Pringles, potato, I don't know what you'd call them. Slurry. You think that'd go? Pringles, potato slurry. Probably not. Well, what does Jesus say? He he says, be careful because there's going to be great signs and great wonders. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. We can never assume that every miracle, every demonstration, every experience, or every prophecy actually comes from God, the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of things that are going to happen during the Great Tribulation, a lot of true signs, miracles, that are performed by Satan, not God. So just because you see something on television, or you hear of this amazing prophecy from someone, you have to be very careful, and we're told to test to see if that actually came from God. Well, Pastor Mark, it's a miracle. It has to come from God. No, he's the great deceiver. Innocent people who are not taught well will be simply deceived. Now, Peter writes this same thing. And I want you to see kind of what it looks like. We'll go through this first. Second Peter, here it is for you. Chapter 2, verse 1. But there were also false prophets in Israel. Talking about the Old Testament. So this isn't new. Just as there will be false teachers... Among you. Among you where? In the church. In the church. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. So it's going to always be about God. No, he's not not really God, whatever. Let's go on. In this way. What way? Deception. False truth. They will bring sudden destructions on themselves. You say, Pastor Mark, not many people would believe that kind of stuff. Hello? Look at the next word. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will simply be slandered. That's a warning. That's for you. That's for me. There is the spirit of Christ, but there's the spirit of Satan and the Antichrist as well. And we have to be very careful because there's amazing destruction coming for those who are fall or, or deceived in into that false truth. Now, many false religions began when a man heard from a false spirit and believed its lie. Muhammad, he didn't hear from the spirit of Christ. He heard from a false spirit. And what do we have today? Islam. Islam. Joseph Smith, he didn't hear from the spirit of God. He heard from a false spirit. And what did he design? Mormonism. Neither one of those two believe that Jesus is God or that Jesus really died for the sins of the world. It's amazing. It's amazing. So today, it shouldn't surprise you that there's going to be more false teachers rise up in our church and people are going to be listening to false spirits and teaching lies and people who are searching for the truth, and people are, without God, people search for the truth. They don't really understand it, but they're, they're trying to find something that has meaning. And Satan knows it, and he will provide a Pringle for them. That is not truth. Now, go back to John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Look at the end of this. I thought about this a lot yesterday. John says this, because many false prophets, watch this, have gone out into the world. What's John saying? Satan has his own missionaries. He sends them where? 
out into the world. Did you ever in your while, and by the way, we love Mormons, they just need to come to Christ. We love Muslims, they need to come to Christ. We love unbelievers, they need to come to Christ. Some of you sitting in our campuses this morning, we love you, you need to come to Christ. So don't get me wrong here. But anybody here ever think billboards in Brevard County for the Muslim faith? By the way, is it just starting or is it ended? Ha! Huh. It's going to Hindu, the whole deal. This is our world. So when we begin thinking about all of this, when I see that they've gone out into the world, Satan is the great deceiver. The Bible tells us he even masquerades as an angel of light. So when I see that Satan is sending missionaries out all over his world, what does that imitate? It's the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, Jesus said what? Go into all the world with the gospel. It imitates the great empowerment. Acts chapter 1-8. Be filled with power and then go out and to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So the very mechanism that God designed for the gospel to go to the world, who mimics it? Satan. Number one book and the bestseller all over the world. Very easy. He's a great deceiver. Now, when you begin thinking about that, your question should come to your mind. It came to mind. Well, how can we not be deceived? How can I really know what's truth? It's so important to me that John answers the question. You'll see in a moment. He says, here's how. But he already tells us how in the first verse. Look at the word he used. Test. Test. Discern. Try it. Prove what you hear. Now, that's speaking about one thing. Discernment. Here's the definition. Would you write it down on all of our campuses this morning? Discernment. It's the ability to tell the difference between truth and error. Between what's real and what is a mimic. It, it really isn't real. Between a real potato chip and a Pringles. It's discernment. Now, in 1 Corinthians... There's a spiritual gift of discernment when we get to chapter 12 through 14. But this is a discernment that you can have, that I can have. It's not a special gift like that. Remember one time Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira, who kind of cheated God. He said, how have you lied to God? And they went, we didn't tell you. You didn't see what happened. How did you know that? was a gift of discernment. But this discernment you can have. So when you hear something, when I hear something, when I read something, I can begin going... Yeah, that, that isn't really right. So I'm commanded to exercise spiritual discernment. If I don't exercise spiritual discernment, I will be deceived. Parents, this is critical for you. Now, I want to give you this morning four sources of spiritual discernment. Four ways that you can make sure that you won't be deceived. Now look at chapter 4, verse 2. John says it like this. All of our campuses, look at This is how. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus, acknowledge Jesus, is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. In other words, it's not from God. It's the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've already heard is coming and is now even already in the world. So let me explain to you what happened. In this particular book, people in the church, many of the false teachers, they believed this in those days, that the world was evil. Well, it is evil. 
But they believe in the teaching that John and the disciples gave that Jesus became a man, put on flesh and came here, was impossible. He couldn't have been a man because the world is evil. Well, the Bible teaches exactly the opposite. He was fully God and he was fully man, so he came. So John was saying, if they say that Jesus was kind of just floating above the earth and he never came and he never walked here, you can't believe them. You can't believe anything about them. So there's many of these things. I'll give you a few more this morning. This isn't the only one. But there's many things you need to understand this morning that go through the Scripture. Now, as you begin to think about that, I want to show you something uh, important. Here's the first of these discernments. Here's, Here's the proof. Here's something to help you make sure you're not deceived. Number one, discernment source number one, the Bible, the Word of God. Notice Psalms 119, 130. The teaching of your Word gives light. So even the simple can understand it. Remember that a Christ follower, we live life, we look at life, all the details of life, one way. Not through the Today newspaper, not through USA Today, not through books. We look through the lens of the Bible. Everything we look at in life, the way we live, the way we believe, is through the lens of the Bible. All teaching and personal beliefs It must be actually tested against the Bible, God's truth. So the first thing that I have to begin thinking about is, as I hear all these things in our world today, because we have so many opinions about what is really true and what is really spiritual, I have to just go back to the Word of God. What does God's Word say? Now, one of the things you'll find in the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons and, of course, obviously Muslim and all the rest and and many uh, false religions around the world. The crux is not just in the flesh, but here's the big one. None of them teach that Jesus is God. None of them. It's 100% wrong. They're 100% wrong. So you can't believe the rest of the stuff. See, they always mix good with truth. And, And they'll have other stuff and then they'll go, Well, this is true. The rest of it sounds good. No, it isn't. I'm dealing right now uh, indirectly with a certain situation of church in Florida. It's not a Calvary or anything like that. It's just it's an abusive church that has a lot of good things, but they're abusing people and they're directing their lives. I mean, they they smother and they appear in their door. You say, Pastor Martin, what are you talking about? Well, you don't know it. You don't need to know it. But I mean, it's out there. And they call themselves a church and they believe it enough that it looks good until you get involved. So we have to be careful as we move through this. Now, I want to I want to show you some things. I'm going to give you some statements. Now, some of you are new to Christianity. So you might even say these statements today here in Melbourne or Vieira, Sebastian, or but they're not true. Listen to these statements. We're saved if our good works outweigh our bad. No, that's not true. Uh, There is no such thing as absolute truth. Isn't it interesting? Somebody would say to me, here's the truth now. There's no such thing as absolute truth. Really? Can I believe this statement? No, there's no such thing as absolute truth. Were you surprised to find out that Pringles really aren't potato chips? (laughs) Pastor Mark used this example to begin a short series of teachings on discernment. He warned us that what may seem to be the truth is sometimes hidden behind false teachings. It's important to be able to tell the difference between truth and error. He told us that there will always be a battle between what is truth and what is a lie. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will give us important sources of spiritual discernment. This is very important for Christians to know. We are commanded by God to exercise spiritual discernment. If we don't exercise spiritual discernment, then we will be deceived by the enemy. Psalms chapter 119 tells us that the teaching of the Word gives light so even the simple can understand. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for